Hello, everyone. I'm Robbie Swale, and this is the 12 Minute Method Podcast. And in this podcast, I'm going to be investigating how we can beat procrastination, be more productive, and finally do those things we have been meaning to do. And in season one, what that means is I'm going to be reflecting on a number of things that I mostly first wrote about together in one place in the in the about the author section of the 12 Minute Method books, in book one in particular. Um, these are things that over my life I have procrastinated on, thought I might not get done, and then finally done in the end. And in each episode, I'll spend up to 12 minutes reflecting on one of those things um, and sharing those reflections with you, hoping to identify patterns, things that you can use, ways that you can finally do the things that you've been meaning to do. Okay, so here's episode two. And in this episode, um, I'm going to talk about the wisdom of David Gemmell. And I'm going to get to that with the timer, as I did in the last episode. Um, but one of the things I'm trying to do in this episode is to recreate the 12-minute writing practice. Um, mm -hmm. And it's interesting to do that, to, to really live the values of that as I make the podcast, which means making them you know, roughly weekly along. I'm going to cheat a little bit with episode three because I'm away on holiday next week and I want the podcast to go out weekly, so I'm going to record that today. Um, to get that kind of live feedback, to make one episode the uh, the outcome in and of itself, the next step. Um, and what that means is, you know, it's been great. I've had some conversations and messages from people in the last week since the first episode came out. Um, one of my favorites was, you missed a trick, Robbie, because um, they, the, as people who have read some of my content will know, this is partly me creating content because of a challenge I set to appear on lots of podcasts. And one of the things that challenge has done, we'll have an episode on the, of the show on that, um, is get me creative and get me creating things, including this podcast. And uh, one of my Contact said, you, you missed a trick because if, if you just, that first episode was 22 minutes, you could have split it after 12 and then you'd have got an extra podcast episode made. And I liked that way of thinking. Um, and another one pointed out, um, a really interesting message that I got pointed out that it felt a little bit in episode one, like the listener came in in the middle of something. Like there was something that, that, that hadn't been said. And I listened back to it just now. I'm going to listen back to every episode. I'll come to that in a sec, just before I record the next one. Um, as I reflected back on episode one, I think that's that's right, and and it it, it it you know it does feel a bit like coming in in the middle of the conversation. And so I want to say, like everything in the intro of this episode, everything I said in the last episode, I totally agree with. Um, I like that I'm going to come at this chronologically because, in a way, what that makes this is an investigation for me, and uh, you know, deepens my understanding of how I became someone who is now undeniably prolific in creating things and sharing them in the world. Um, the books, the podcasts, the wisdom of David Gibble, all those things and, and more. Um, and nothing, like everything that happens in our life, other than probably the first moment, you know, it's not the first of anything. Like the, 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 in episode, I think, four, we'll get to the 12-minute writing practice, but which is really where the 12-minute method came from. Um, and But that isn't, everything. That's not where it started because I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't learned everything I'd learned from the things that come before that. So this is an investigation for me. There's no thesis here, really. It's a it's a learning process. Um, and uh, it's really important to say, if you're like, what the hell is the 12-minute method? I should start, like, Google it. Like, go to my website, click on the 12-minute method button. You can read about the 12-minute method. You can understand where that idea comes from. You can read it in my books. Like, it's there if you want it, and we'll get to it in episode four. If episode four is already out when you're listening to this and you want to skip to that, of course, listen to whatever you want um, from uh, this series in whatever order you like. 
I say, of course, I'm saying that now. You know, I'm recording this chronologically for me because that's what makes sense, what feels right. But um, you don't have to listen in that way. Listen, pick and choose what you want to listen to. If you've got a challenge that reminds you of one of the things that I'm talking about on this show, uh, or sorry, in this series, then, um, then by all means, skip straight to that episode. Uh, and look, one of, that's one of the things, I guess, that, that is the 12-minute method. It's, it's, it's launched before you're ready. You know, I now think, of course, I should have said this in episode one, but episode one is already out there. I'm not going to go back and change it. I'm not going to record a new trailer. Like, it's perfect as it is um, in its imperfection. Of course, it's not perfect. And part of me, the bit that I talked about last time that, that loves excellence, knows that. And living my values is really important to me. The first time I, I had an idea of, of what, I, what a purpose for me might be in my life, um, was um, to live a life of courage and honor and vulnerability and truth and inspire others to do the same. So living my values is an important part of of me and of how I like to work. Um, and also like, yeah, and so take from this whatever you can. Take the, Listen for the insights that'll help you make things work. And to help with that and to help me with the learning process, I'm going to listen back to every previous episode just before I record a new one to try and pull out some of the things that I heard about how we get things done or how I get things done. Um, and I hope that really hope that this helps you find your ways of, of getting done whatever you want to get done in your life. Um, some of the things felt obvious to me as I listened back, like there was a piece in my career change about staying in action and small steps. That's the lean career change piece. The experiment piece is really important. It's how do we keep a learning focus here? Um, and then I, you know, I, I kind of caught it in the moment in the last episode. There's a piece about um, getting a particular outcome off the hook. So it's like, you know, really trying to go, you know, that's what learning does. That's what the lean career change does. That's what the experiment does. But it's also what the idea that I'll be able to use this coaching training wherever I end up does. It'll be useful for me, whatever happens in the future. Because that gets me out of the part of my head that's saying, why am I doing this now? And knows, and this is a bit of 12 minute method book three, which will come out in, uh, in September this year. Um, how do we create the conditions for great work? Well, I know that the coaching will create some good conditions. I don't know how it'll help me. And I have to let go of knowing a particular outcome so that I can make the things that matter. And then there's a really key piece in there that I said in the last episode, which is how do we act differently? to how we have acted so that we can get what we want, um, taking the insights and using them. Um, and that was definitely, um, that's a big part of, of the career change, um, taking those insights from career shifters and using them so that I got what I wanted. And it's also a part of the David Gemmell, um, wisdom of David Gemmell story. So let me uh, warm up my 12 minute timer. Hopefully only one beep today. I'm doing different uh, tech setup. We'll see if it works. Um, and I'm going to set the timer off, and then I'm going to talk about how I made the wisdom of David Gemmell happen. And hopefully we're going to unpack some new insights for me, and we're going to find some things that will help you do the things that you want to do. Um, okay, so to give context for the wisdom of David Gemmell, we probably need a few things. So first I'm going to talk about the idea, I think. I haven't really thought about this. And then I'm going to talk about um, some other ideas that I'd had and, and why they were important in this. So. The idea itself came from me doing inquiry about myself and or, or, or noticing, and it's interesting to say this actually, because it was before the coaching thing. So I was definitely thinking about myself. And at one point I thought, I don't really celebrate my success. 
And I wondered why that is. And I thought, I wonder if it's because I'm a Manchester United fan. Um, and I watched a lot of Match of the Day, a lot of Man United games growing up. And it, Sir Alex Ferguson was the manager the whole of that time. And there's a famous story, which I have forgotten the details of, but it's something like after winning the European Cup, which he only did twice, the first one, I think. Like someone asked him, how long will you, it might have been after a Premier League title, how long will you celebrate this before you move on to the next one? He was like, about five minutes, something like that. You'd have to Google to find the, the actual story. And I wondered maybe if I've spent all this time in the company of Alex Ferguson, he's had that effect on me. I should think about, like, who else have I spent a lot of time in the company of? And I thought about the author David Gemmell, who writes, wrote between 1984 and when he died in 2006, what what he calls, or Time Out, I think, called heroic fantasy novels. And I just read these. I got them a bit randomly through a book a book club thing. Do you remember that? That was on the back of the Radio Times or something. Um, and I got these books because I wanted a great version of The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings for £2 or something like that. And, and you had to buy a few other things. And I chose David Gemmell books. And, and then they became one of the most important things in my life. And I went back to them over and over again, read them many times. And I'd noticed as I was reading them, some people who would hate this about his work, that lots of scenes in some way, characters and, and ideas and situations are revisited over the course of the books. And some people would say that's formulaic and repetitive. And for me, it was just like, no, he's just fashioning. Um, he's just repeating these because they're important. These ideas are important. And I thought, I know there's some ideas in that. And um, they've formed who I am. So I had this idea I could make a, a resource of some kind. I thought about a book. I thought about other things. The wisdom of David Gemmell, the philosophy. He, he died by this point. Um, I bet there are other people out there who, who, who feel the same about this. And that was an idea. And then, like many ideas, I sat with it and didn't do anything about it for quite a long time. And in this time, I had two other ideas that had come pretty strongly to me, or, or maybe like I knew about them. I, I can't remember exactly the order of this. One was a book about, about Championship Manager, the computer game. Um, one was a, a kind of website so that you could look up where to watch football. And in a way, in a, in a town, so say I'm in, I'm in Macclesfield. I've never been there before. I want to watch football in a pub. How do I find out which pubs show football? And um, which ones, uh, like, um, which ones are nice to watch football? <laughs> if you're a stranger, or if you're a Manchester United fan, or if you're an Arsenal fan, or whatever it is. Um, and what was interesting about those ideas is, um, like Liz Gilbert writes about this in Big Magic. It's a great book about creativity and, and, and creating the things that you're called to create. She writes about how if you don't take an idea when it comes to you, it'll move on, and it'll find someone else. And those ideas, this was crushing to me, and I was really regretful about it, had moved on to someone else. Um, a couple of people, and in the end, I think Match Pint is one of them, had done the football pub website. And um, Ian McIntosh, a guy called Ian McIntosh, had written a book called something like Football Manager Ruined My Life, um, which was almost the idea that I'd had. And various ways I'd let myself talk myself or be talked out of those ideas and hadn't gambled on them. And that's important because of the moment that made all the difference to the wisdom of David Gemmell existing. Um, that is uh, a moment when I was being coached. So it was after I'd found the coaching school and I'd gone along to one of their events, uh, an event which was kind of my way of, this is what I talked about in episode one, my way of like just doing a, a low cost, low risk experiment. I think I still could get out of the program, but I went to one of their workshops I mean, it was about, I think, The Art of Possibility, another really great book that you could check out, mindset book. Um, 
And I got some coaching from a woman called Inga Umblia, who has since been a guest on my podcast. I've done some different work with her. This conversation was just so important to me. And what had happened at that point is I had, I'd, I'd had quite a lot of time by myself because my life had changed quite a lot. And while I lived in North Allerton, in North Yorkshire, I'd started, and because I was in a difficult time, I'd started rereading David Gemmell. And in difficult times in my life, when I was about 20, I first did this, I was having a really difficult time. I was struggling to sleep and I read David Gemmell um, and it helped me sleep. It helped me relax. It helped my soul connect to something. And I used it then every time I needed it. And when I wanted to read a great book with a page turner, I'd gone back to David Gemmell. And I'd done this in a reread when I was living by myself, well, not by myself, but I, for the first time in a while in a in a shared house, but really being more isolated. And I wanted to return to something. My life was changing. I, I was struggling with kind of grief and loss of change and of a relationship and wondering what would happen next. And I read David Gemmell and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll capture this. So I did it. I did capture the insight. That was a step that I took. I can't remember exactly why I took that, but I turned, I every time I found like a piece of David Gemmell wisdom, I folded down the page as I was reading. And uh, you can find these wisdom. If you want to get an idea of what I'm talking about here, go to www.wisdomofgemmel.com um, and post it. Oh, sorry. And, and check it, uh, check it out. And you'll get some of these quotes, get an idea of them. You can sign up to a mailing list as well that I have about it um, and get one email to you every week. It's also on Twitter at twitter.com slash wisdom of Gemmel. Um, and let me see. How do I want to do this? So I, I was folding down the pages every time I saw a piece of what I thought was David Gemmell's philosophy and collecting them. And then I would go to a Costa Coffee in North Allerton in North Yorkshire, and I would type those up into drink a coffee uh, and type those up into a spreadsheet. And by the time I spoke to Inga, it had been another two years after that. So, so there'd been procrastination on the idea. Then there had been procrastination with the spreadsheet. So I'd completed that spreadsheet. I had like a thousand David Gemmell quotes in a spreadsheet, and I hadn't done anything with them. And in the conversation with Inga, what emerged was this, this very strange piece of resistance. And I think I would have called it that by then. Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, he has this idea, resistance is all the reasons we don't do the things that we really want to do. And I, so at this point, I could see that it was resistance, or I saw it with Inga, this idea that here's, here's, the, here's the trick that resistance was playing on me that Inga and I uncovered. I was really worried someone would do the Wisdom of David Gemmell idea before I did it. And so I wasn't doing anything with it. That was my excuse. But with Inga, we examined that. And of course, those other two ideas, somebody did them because I didn't do them. And so then it was obvious, like, oh, I have to do something of this about this so that it protects it, so that I get to have made this thing, because that was important to me. I wasn't at that point someone who made the things that they said they wanted to make. Um, and so... Uh, <laughs> And so we got to that place. It's like, I need to do something about this and I need to do it now. And I was still struggling with it. And then Inga asked this killer question because I told her about how important this had been in teaching me how to be a man, David Gemmell, how to be the kind of person I wanted to be. And it had done that since I was 14 or 15. And she said something like, well, how many people need to get that for it to be worth you doing this? Because I was at that point more resistance. It's like, well, no one will read it. That's another reason not to do anything about this. I don't know how to get word out. I don't know how to do all those things. She said, how many people need to read this? How many people would you need to introduce the work of David Gemmell for it to have that imp impact on you for it to be worth it? And she said, because I've got a 14 or 15 year old um, boy at home or son. And he um, is, he. what about him? And I was like, you know, that there's a real bind because of course the answer is, just one person would need to get that for it to be an incredibly meaningful piece of work for me. Just one person who had, was able to 
live those values and see the importance of of honor of, of all those values i mentioned before of honor of courage of vulnerability of honesty um well just one person that would be you know that would be an incredibly meaningful piece of work to introduce david gemmel for, for his work to have the impact on just one other boy girl anyone in the way that um, it had on me and then there was of course the scale of the task and i'd known about stephen pressfield then at this point, I'd start to really see the resistance playing its part. So all those voices, key key resistance idea that that I've really seen in the last year as I've been talking about this after my books came out, is everybody has these voices and excuses and reasons not to do things. Everybody. And so they're not a reason not to do the thing. And we have to find a way to, to like I said before, to act differently so we can get what we want, to, to take particular outcomes off the hook. And here's basically how I set it up. Make the website as, as quickly as possible. A, a draft can be updated. Um, so I made the website. It, it, it was hard. There was a lot of resistance. When I shared it on Facebook, it had, that, it had a feeling of tension over the share button. Um, I didn't connect it to my coaching work for a long time. I didn't really talk about it anywhere. This is quite a thing, actually. I haven't really connected these two worlds, the wisdom of David Gemmell world and this world. And I got overwhelmed by how can I get all these thousand up there? And then I somehow, and I wish I could remember exactly how I got to this. I got to, well, I'll do it one at a time. And so I wanted to have a mailing list. I thought I'd have, uh, uh, I think, I don't know if the Twitter feed came later, have a mailing list and how will I decide which of these get up there and wh- how I change them? And this is really important when we think about the people who know the work or people get to it later, the 12-minute method. It's like, do it one step at a time. So I will i can't do a thousand. That's too many. But I can do one this week and one next week and one the week after. It was about two years later, probably, when I started to really see how powerful that had been. Again, once the, my writing practice started, gets that later, or you can read about it at robbieswell.com. Um, you know, it was like, doing that one step at a time. And so I made the website, I uploaded the thing, I set up the mail, the MailChimp list. I, I did that stuff. And I had some of that because I'd worked in small organizations. So I'd done lots of these bits already. There's still lots of resistance about it. And I found the first people by posting on my Facebook, which is really uncomfortable. Uh, and also by posting on some David Gemmel fan groups. And gradually some people signed up and it was amazing. And I did it one piece at a time. And now I've been doing a weekly wisdom of David Gemmel every week um, since 2015. So we're on almost seven years of that. So there's something, there's 300 and something of them. A, for a long time I did it, I'd done it literally every week. And then I, I did miss a few and I didn't get there. Every week, post one piece of wisdom of David Gemmel, gradually update and change that. And then that in the end, rolled out to Twitter and it was one a day, but only the certain length of ones. And now I'm starting to think about how to make it sustainable and get more help from lovely wisdom of Gabe Gimmel fans and followers who are up for giving that help or, or being paid to give it. Um, and I haven't quite tied that up yet because one of the things that stops me now doing it is that um, uh, is that my time is more tight. But I'm so glad that I created that thing. You know, it's so important to me. It's one of the most meaningful things. I get these amazing interactions. I get to be a part of David Gemmell's story. Oh, I got some unpleasant things at first. There was a woman who said he would have hated it, which was a really hard thing to hear. Um, but luckily that came after one of his friends, a, a guy who David Gemmell was the best man of at his wedding, told me that he loved my site. So I was able to hold on to what Stan said and let go of what the, the other woman said. And David Gemmell probably was a, I think she said he was a kind of, simple down-to-earth guy and I think that really comes across in his writing but there's and so she didn't like that I talked about the thought-provoking 
wisdom and philosophy in his work, but there is thought-provoking wisdom and philosophy in his work. And it was very important to me to create it. And now I'm a part of that. And that's a very meaningful thing for me. So it feels like that 12 minute f- minutes, those 12 minutes flew past for me. Um, that You've probably heard the timer go off. I think that um, really in lots of ways, there's so much in that story of the wisdom of David Gemmell. There's a chapter in it. Chapter one of my book, How to Start When You're Stuck, mentions this. It's like when I wrote that chapter, way back in, in 2016, 17, I started to really see the pattern then. That was really important. So if I hadn't done this, I'm not sure I'd have seen just how important starting is and creating a pattern where you make do a small amount of action every week. That came out of the wisdom of David Gemmell and the writing practice and my coaching business, which, which will be the topic of the next episode. So um, yeah, look, I hope you've collected some insights from this episode. I hope you take them and use them. I hope you start something. I hope you keep it going, find the ways to make it sustainable and all that and more. Read more about that. You know, in a minute, I'll, you'll get my outro. But if you need more about the 12-minute method, look out for episode uh, four, I think it'll be. Um, next episode, episode three, will be about my coaching business. Um, and then we'll get, yeah, and we'll get to that later. But you can also read more about the 12-minute method in lots of places. So thanks so much. Um, yeah. And looking forward to seeing what you can create. Okay, just a couple more things before you head out to whatever else you've got going on in the rest of your day. Um, If you want to find out a bit more about me or sign up to my mailing list, you can do that at www.robbyswale.com. If you want to read the 12-Minute Method books, you can find out more about them on my website. You can find them on Amazon and you can find them in lots of other bookshops and booksellers um, around the world. You might want to come and join the 12-Minute Method Facebook group. You can find that by searching for the 12-Minute Method on Facebook or there's links on my website. Um, And you can find some other people there who are interested in in doing work that matters to them and finally doing the things that they want to do. You can find me on lots of social media platforms. Um, I'm most active on LinkedIn, so you might want to find me there. Um, And most of all, I'd, I'd love to hear from you, especially if something that I've made has inspired you to finally do something you've been meaning to do for a long time. Um, that th- Hearing those stories are some of the most meaningful things for me in my work. And so um, they help me keep going when I might want to give up. So I'd, I'd love to hear from you. But most of all, I'd love it if you did that thing, uh, that thing that matters to you that you've been meaning to do. <laughs>